Hi there, and welcome to Even If, a weekly podcast about standing firm when life is shaking. I'm your host, Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And together, we're finding the courage to approach uncertain and unwanted seasons of life through a posture of faith that stands firm and declares, even if he doesn't, he is still good. I've heard from so many of you since last week's episode who could relate to this feeling of being robbed, especially in this season. And for some of us, our loss is directly connected to this virus. Some of you have had to cancel weddings, you've missed graduations, and you've lost jobs and incomes, and the future has suddenly become uncertain and insecure, and I just want you to know that I ache for your loss. I've heard from others whose suffering began long before COVID and it will continue long after this ends. And wherever you find yourself, when your prayers for healing haven't been answered, when you've waited longer than you should have to for a husband or a child, when your marriage ends in divorce, or when God simply says no, your prayer life becomes a battleground where it's hard to continue to fight. How do we continue to offer God our prayers when the answer is never yes, or when it wasn't yes when it mattered the most? I found that we often fall into one of two categories in terms of how we respond, and so this week we're talking about the prayer I've been praying over myself as we move forward in our grief, and as we learn to interact with God after he said no. The first category I think we fall into when God says no is the give up category. We stop asking. We pull away. We don't want to be let down again. For a while after Imogen died, I had a hard time praying to God about anything. Part of me was afraid that he'd say no again, and I just wasn't sure I could handle another blow. I couldn't take another loss. Even if it was something small, I just couldn't handle another disappointment, and so I stopped asking. But the other part of me was actually afraid that he would say yes. And I didn't know how to handle it if he answered another prayer instead of the only one that I really wanted him to. I felt like I had to save up my prayers for the things that mattered most. I had to think through the implication of my prayers all the way to the end to determine if this was one I wanted to waste. I started to believe that maybe we only get a few yeses in life, and I certainly wanted to save those for the times that mattered the most. I told you all in a previous episode that Imogen liked to flip around. She was a little gymnast. And actually, well into our third trimester, she still wouldn't stay head down. I had really frequent ultrasounds in the last few weeks to check on her position because even once she had turned, she wouldn't stay there. And so at 37 weeks pregnant, they scheduled us for a procedure to get her in position, and they told us that if they couldn't get her to turn— then we'd have to schedule a C-section. And that obviously wasn't the end of the world, especially knowing what we know now, but it still wasn't what we were hoping for, or even what the doctors wanted. And so we started doing all the home remedies we could find. I spent much of the next few days upside down on my couch with ice packs on one spot and heating pads on the other, trying to get her to turn. And we started praying. We were praying that God would get her in position so that we could have the natural labor we were hoping for. And then we checked into the hospital on the day of the procedure, and they did an ultrasound to check before we got started. And they actually had multiple people come in to confirm because, sure enough, 
she had turned. And they told us that that almost never happened at that stage of pregnancy. She didn't have much room, and so it was rare that babies could make the turn on their own at that point. And we were so thankful that God had answered our prayer. We never realized that if the answer to that prayer had been no, then we likely would have scheduled a C-section before her due date, and Imogen might actually be with us today. Now, let me be clear. We're not traveling down a road of what ifs and if onlys and regret and guilt and shame. We're not questioning the decisions we made with the information we had when we made them. But as we processed our prayer life after she was born, we couldn't help but realize that God had said yes to a prayer that in the long run didn't seem to matter, only to say no to a prayer a few weeks later that would have changed everything. And at first, I felt like I had wasted a yes. I felt like I had offered up a prayer that didn't really even matter, gotten a yes, and had that taken from my tally for when I actually needed it. If we only get so many yeses, I wouldn't have wasted one on that prayer. And I felt like God was up there holding back his yes, saying, hey, I answered that last prayer you prayed, and this is where it got you. I gave you what you wanted, and this is how it turned out. What do you want me to do? This is what you asked for. And as I followed that trail, it revealed this deep-seated belief that somehow the responsibility fell to me. Yes, God ultimately decided how and when to answer my prayers, but I had to outsmart him by asking for the right things at the right time in order to get what I ultimately wanted. I had to figure out what I wanted most and orchestrate every other ask around that. And because I couldn't figure out how to manipulate him, big surprise, I stopped trying altogether. I stopped asking because I couldn't handle that pressure because I was never meant to. And maybe you're tired of trying to trick God into answering your prayers. Or maybe it just feels like he must not care at all. Because if he didn't say yes in the hardest moments, why should I expect him to say yes now? Or why would I even want him to? But our job is to ask, and God's job is to answer. Our job is to offer God our desires, our hopes, our requests, our expectations, our dreams, our pleading and supplication. God never gets tired of us turning to him, and God isn't doling out yeses on a schedule or tally sheet. He's not keeping score and waiting for us to run out. He is not callous to our desires or careless with our hearts. I don't know why sometimes God says no, but it's not because he doesn't care. His actions throughout the course of history show me just how much he does care. He cares so much that he said no when Jesus asked him in the garden, take this cup from me. So I know that a no from God doesn't mean he doesn't care. When I think back now to our early prayers for Imogen to turn head down and avoid a C-section, here's what I remember. We would have been so disappointed if he'd said no. We wouldn't have been devastated. We knew it wasn't the end of the world, but we would have been disappointed. And we would have wondered why. And we would have wished it could have been different. And we would never have known that that no could have led to the very yes we prayed for just a few weeks later. Now, I don't want to put too much stock in a hypothetical situation. Of course, there are all kinds of variables that could have changed that outcome. But my point 
is that sometimes a no is a yes in disguise. Sometimes if we knew what a no was preparing us for or protecting us from, then we'd be a lot more thankful when they come. I don't know that there will ever be a day when I am thankful for the no God answered our prayers for Imogen's life with, but I am thankful that nothing came into our lives that didn't first pass through his sovereign hand. And I can acknowledge that I don't see the whole picture. So I'm a lot better off trusting the one who does. And when I put my trust in him, I can pray with expectation that God hears every word. Expectation that every prayer will be answered for my good and for his glory. Expectation that the answer doesn't depend on me and my abilities to manipulate or outsmart God. Expectation that I won't run out of yeses. Expectation that God is moving in my life in ways I can't see right now. And expectation that every promise God has made is yes and amen in Christ. I pray with expectation not because the answer will be yes, but because I know that God will meet me in my prayers, because I know it doesn't rely on me, because I know he will come. So the first half of the prayer that I pray over myself these days is, God, keep me expectant. Psalm 130 verses 5 and 6 say, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. I love this. Because watchmen wait for what they know will come. They wait with expectation. And so my prayer is, God, keep my eyes alert for your movement. Keep my heart soft toward your voice. Keep my spirit sensitive to your stirring. Keep me expectant, God. The second half of that prayer is, but don't let me become entitled. If the first category is the give up category, then the second category is the deserve category. When God says no in one area of our lives, our instinct is often to demand an IOU in another. We start to quantify our pain or our loss and determine that it makes us more deserving of God to answer our prayers in the future. We keep track all the time that God said no. We list all the ways we've waited. We hold up our loss and our lack as a beacon before God. Since you denied me this, you better give me that. Since I waited so long to get married, you better make him rich and handsome. Since you didn't heal this disease, you better give me enough money to pay for the treatments. Since I buried my child, God, you better let me have more. We let entitlement creep in and we start to feel like God owes us for our loss. And this actually reveals another misguided belief that's buried deep in our hearts. We still think we should get what we deserve. It's still about right and wrong, fair and not fair. The bad news is we don't get what we deserve. The good news is We don't get what we deserve. We never actually wanted this to be fair. Because in fairness, no length of wait, no depth of grief, no breadth of loss makes us worthy of anything from God. In fairness, we're not worthy of anything that God has done for us. In fairness, we don't come out ahead. This isn't fair. And we're so glad that it isn't. Because God, in his mercy, didn't give us what we deserve. And God, in his grace, gives us so much more. 
We don't want this to be fair. God doesn't owe us an answer, a yes, a consolation prize. God doesn't owe you a husband. God doesn't owe you a second chance. He doesn't owe you a blessing or a miracle or a bonus for your pain. God doesn't owe us a baby. He doesn't owe us anything. But he does give us good things. Not because we deserve them, but because he's a good father who gives good gifts to his kids and we can trust him with our prayers. So we keep asking, expectant that God has good things in store for us, but not because we're entitled to them or owed anything from him. We're asking for babies and a family and opportunities that we might overlook. We're asking for joy and comfort and peace. We're asking for a legacy that points people to him and a story that matters in generations to come. You're asking for healing, for provision, for your relationship status to change. You're asking for purpose and direction and hope. And many of us feel like God let us down. He didn't, but it feels that way. But don't let the no steal your expectation. He is moving in ways you can't see. And don't let the no stir up entitlement. He doesn't owe you anything, but he has good things for me and he has good things for you. So ask him again. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Even If. My prayer is that even if your knees are weak, today's episode offers you enough strength to keep standing firm. If this message resonates with you, or if you know someone who needs to borrow a little strength of their own, there are two ways that you can help spread the word. First, leaving a rating and review will help people find this podcast when they need it most. And it lets me know that people are listening and joining in. Reviews are super important in the podcast world, and I'd be so grateful if you'd take 30 seconds to rate and review. Second, spreading the word on social media helps get this message out farther than I ever could on my own. So please feel free to share this podcast and tag your friends that would love this as much as you. I always continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at kelly.strife if you want to join us there. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure these episodes show up automatically in your feed each week. See you back here next week for the next episode of Even If.